Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The day of Evangeline's embrace began like any other. She walked Percy, had breakfast with Teddy, and was forced to work alongside her rival, Jax Ryder from Channel 5. But as they moved through a Halloween haunt, Evangeline was bitten by one of the supposed creature actors. When no one believed her, she left only to be bitten again by a different mysterious figure. How will Levy cope with her transformation? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Evangeline, the last thing you see before the world goes dark is a tattoo on the skin between the thumb and forefinger of your attacker's left hand of the King of Clubs, just a card. And then the world goes dark, and there is nothing. And then you jolt awake, laying in the same alley, uh, covered in blood, only some of it's stickier now. Okay. And you push yourself up, and you look at your hands, and you see that there is flesh and gore under your fingernails. And there is a rotten taste in your mouth. And you spit. And you are spitting blood. And you look to your left. And you see Jim. The Channel 5 camera person. With his throat torn out. Lying in a pool of blood. In the middle of the alley. I throw up. You throw up a shitload of blood. Which just makes me throw up and gag even more. Correct. And you do that until there is nothing left in your system. And that's when you realize that you could hear some sounds in the distance. The, the sounds of the Blackthorn haunt. You can hear some, some crowd sounds, but they're all very distant. And there's a strange absence of sound that is unsettling you to the core. Can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yeah. Wits and awareness. Uh, One success. You can't place it yet. There's something missing. It's, It's clearly missing. It's tremendously disturbing, but you can't logically figure out what isn't there. What you can see, however, is the blood from Jim's corpse leads directly to where you lay. The blood you've thrown up must be his or could be his. No. You are standing over a body after your attack that it appears you killed. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. You start to see flashes in your mind, drifting red of you waking up of you grabbing him as he came to see you were okay and tearing his throat out with your teeth. What do you do? The the fuck, the fuck, the fuck, the fuck. Uh, Is there a dumpster nearby? Oh, yeah. This is straight up warehouse alley. Yeah. Uh, 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 And what, what if I got around me? It's you in an alley. So there is a dumpster around you. It is very poorly lit. 
if you go out, we'll say like the north end for the sake of having some sort of found, but that leads to the parking lot and the south end of the alleyway will lead back to the haunt. Okay. We got like kind of like cardboard boxes and shit like that. And Sure. There are two cardboard boxes yeah. on the left side of the dumpster. On the right side is one of those wooden pallets where they're made of kind of thin pieces of wood nailed yeah. together. Yeah. Um, it is not chained shut. There's a chain hanging from it, but it does not have a lock on it. This is okay. not a super attended area, so they're not really worried about people on any other night walking by and using so, the dumpster. fearing the worst and in a panic, Evangeline's going to try to dispose of the body. Okay. She's going to open the, uh, the... The black plastic lid on the, like... Yeah. It's, it's a green dumpster that's very... Uh, I know exactly rotted. what you're what talking about. Metal? Rusted, yes. I know exactly with the black lids. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she lifts it up and she tries to like pull, pull his body, whatever. I don't know. She, I don't even know if she thinks she's like strong enough to do this, but she fucking tries to get him in there. Can you roll me a strength in athletics? Yeah. Uh, two successes. Uh, you get him over to it. You can lift him up, but the last little push, because Jim is a heavy guy, is proving to be a bit tough for you. But for the first time, you feel like you have a little more energy in you than you would normally. You feel like you can reach for something to get him up and over into this. Do you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you feel uh, the blood in your veins grow a little bit dimmer. Uh, but you do feel a, a, a new vigor fill your entire form, and you easily lift Jim up uh, and dump him over into the dumpster. I'm just like, and and she's just like, mom lifting a car, mom lifting a car, mom lifting a car. That's all it is. Um, and she, yeah, uh, pushes him in, um, and then she just rips apart the cardboard box boxes and just lays them over top. Uh, and then and 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 then she'll pull, pull some pieces of wood off the pallet and and just kind of scatter them over top of it, so it looks kind of haphazard. Alrighty, so you do that. What next? Uh, I get as far away from here as I can uh, to my car. Great. You you start moving towards your car, uh, staggering, running. This is when you realize that you're not out of breath, which is strange considering how much it took to lift Jim. Yeah. And that's when you realize the sound that's missing. You can't hear your heartbeat. And I don't know if anyone else experiences arrhythmia, but there's this kind of thing that happens when your heart kind of like skips a beat and you feel the urge to cough to kind of like, I don't know, like start it again or something. But that's what she does. She just like feels like, like, <coughs> and starts kind of like hitting her chest with her hand. Nothing happens. You're just walking, coughing and hitting your chest. She just continues to do that, waiting to pass out. And you don't. You keep walking forwards, not out of breath, and with 
as far as you can tell, no heartbeat. And that's when you see a couple of people staggering towards the haunt from a small cab that pulled up in the parking area. They're like, whoa, cool costume. You look amazing. So much blood. Nice ears. The fuck? And she feels her ears. Because, like, this what are we talking about? And she feels that her ears have become pointed. uh, And they are covered in fur as a (laughs) large-scale feline ears. (laughs) And she just starts, like, like, what the? (laughs) Oh, this is... Uh, she has gone from like the scared panic to like this can't be happening there's no way this is real type of panic and when you get to your car and look in the window you see the rest of your transformation because you now suffer from the curse of the gangrel which you don't know that as her but we will know that as listeners you went into a blood frenzy when you were created which means you now have some features of the animal that you are closest to. And we've discussed previously, she sees herself as a dog that is aspirational, but her beast is ultimately a cat, which is why you now have cat's eyes, cat's ears, and fangs that are on full display. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is okay, because what happens is that she's going to go home. She's going to drive home. She's going to... Take a shower. Uh, Not a problem. She's going to go to bed and she's going to wake up and it'll just be Halloween. And this is just some weird fucking nightmare that will never end. Great. So you drive home. uh, And when you open the door, Teddy is inside saying, that was a really weird say. Whoa. They do like a makeup test on you? It. uh, Look, weird night. Really weird night. I, I'm just, I'm just going to bed. Just going to bed. I, I'm just going to bed. This is I her mean, like, it's like, you're not real. It's like in her mind, it's like, you're not real. I don't have to explain myself to you. Stream. You should probably, you should probably like take a shower first. Yeah, yeah, yeah take a shower. Get that Taking special effects makeup off. Okay. I'm sorry, Jax is such an asshole. Uh, have a good shower, I guess. And you go upstairs uh, and shower. And the blood comes off, but the ears don't. You can't find seams. The fangs are still there, and your eyes are still cat-like nightmare eyes. Dreams don't make sense. You know, <laughs> sometimes you go to sleep, your teeth fall out. They're there in the morning. It's fine. I got to check something just it's a second. <laughs> That's that is true, Ryan. Your your teeth are, are there in the morning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's happened to you. I know. That's then what explain you're these for. dentures. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that's from sleep fighting. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> so you go and crawl into bed and try to fall asleep. Uh, it's harder than you would have thought. You had a very long day with a very staggering evening, but you feel invigorated. To you, it's midnight, but it feels like noon. It feels like you've only been up for the last hour and a half. So you are tossing and turning. And then Teddy comes to bed about an hour later. You can tell he was trying to give you your space. And he's just like, you going to sleep in that makeup? And eventually just feels... Her ears. Oh, they're still still cat's ears. Still, 
yeah, you know what? You know, you know what? There's just this really strong glue they put on, and I'm gonna have to go back to the station, and they're gonna have to use, I don't know, some weird chemical something to dissolve them. It's fine. It's okie dokie. Yeah. Yep. He he climbs into bed and he's yep. like, "Good night, cat lady," uh, and then he <laughs> falls asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day, you both wake up. And it's an awkward morning because you still look like a cat person uh, and Teddy's trying to be cool about it. Uh, and then he goes off to work and you go to step out into the sun. Yeah. And the moment you do, it burns like fire and you stagger back into yeah, the shadows. And you can see when you look at yourself that it has burned you like a really, really bad burn. The sun What do you do? The, the, what the? F- I she puts her hand she puts her hand out into the light, just like slowly. Burn S- immediate burn, shit. horrific burn, ultra painful. What the fuck? Okay. Um. Now she's thinking maybe she got like drugged or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I I like what other explanation? is there for this like with all like the crazy trippy dreams maybe like someone dosed her with like lsd or something like who knows um but if that happened like she can't go into work so she's gonna be like okay like i'm alive i'm here it'll wear off I just have to get through, like, the next little little while. Uh, so she'll call. She'll call into work. She'll call Julie. Great. Julie picks up. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, hey, Julie. Uh, Evangeline. Um, uh, I'm I'm sorry to do this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. Uh, last night, last night things got real weird and i'm just feeling i'm feeling really off i i just i can't go on air today i can't i can't do it okay all right well we can handle today and then you get the weekend but monday i need you for that morning show we got your book for three weeks you, you right. know I'll, you know i'll be there perfect because i fired steve so i do not have a backup plan all right we <laughs> yeah. will uh we'll see you monday all right all right ha- have a good one julie thanks uh, I'll have an okay one because you're not coming in. I and know, then Julie hangs up. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. So you get to hang out around the house. Uh, you have to avoid anywhere where there is sunlight. Percy is hanging out with you. Can you roll me a dexterity and athletics? Dexterity and athletics. Sure. That is three successes. You manage to avoid the sunlight throughout the course of the day, which yeah, is good. Uh, but after an hour or two, you start to feel a wave of exhaustion coming over you. And the style of, uh, honestly, it feels like you're going into anesthesia. It is just a hmm. wave passing over you. What do you do? Well, she like kind of says to herself, like, Okay, this makes sense. I've been drugged. Obviously went through a time. It's starting to leave my body. 
my body's going, yep, it's just like sleep now because I've had a real time. All right. And um, she'll like put on some like mindless soap operas on the TV and 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 lay down on the couch in the living room to sleep. Great. Can you roll me a resolve and survival? And oh, survival. Hello. I have no points in survival. Lovely. Uh, one success. You do turn the TV on and you get it to the soap that you like. What is the title of that soap? Um, <laughs> uh, two Lives to Live. <laughs> <laughs> two Lives to Live comes on. You're feeling like it's going to be a, a, an okay time. You can settle. And you turn to try to get back to your couch. But you don't make it. And you find yourself passing out and falling through your glass coffee table. And you wake up as the sun is setting at the end of the day. And you see that there is glass in your hands and in your face. And you could feel the shards there, but they feel distant. You would expect to be screaming in pain with the amount of damage that they've done, but it almost feels like it's an injury happening to somebody else. It feels more like a temperature change than physical pain. And you can see Percy is just licking your hand, just licking your hand and, and kind of sitting by you and wanting you to be okay. You also know when you look at the clock that Teddy's going to be home in about 20 minutes. Right now you are full of glass having collapsed in the living room. Um... I think Evangeline doesn't, she doesn't know why, but for some reason she doesn't want to tell Teddy what's going through her head. Like, it's just like too, it's too, like it's too weird. And she's afraid that he's not going to believe her or he's going to be like, oh honey, like that's silly, like... Even though he probably wouldn't, like, she just feels, she's just too afraid that if she says it aloud and he doesn't believe her, that that's just going to, like, she's just going to spiral even further and feel, just feel like she's losing her mind. So, um, she's going to grab a broom and one of those heavy-duty garbage bags and she's going to sweep up the glass She's going to get as much as she can, pull out the vacuum, get the little bits, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, throw it, just chuck it into the garage. So you do that, uh, and you go to, I imagine, the bathroom to get the glass out yeah, of your yeah, yeah, face yeah, yeah. and other areas. Yeah. Uh, And as you do, as you pull the glass out, uh, you get the feeling. Again, these are different feelings that you've had. Your heart still isn't beating. You're never out of breath. None of this tires you. Uh, But you feel that there is this energy you could reach for that might help you hide these injuries you are trying to hide. Do you reach for it? Yeah, absolutely. Anything to, like, not, not feel weird in this moment. And you do. And the energy fills your body. And as you watch, all of your wounds close. 
They just <laughs> seal shut over your body. Uh, and you stare forwards, still unsettled. Cat's eyes, cat's ears, fangs. Those have not gone away. And you've got about Looking five minutes still? till Teddy comes in the door. What the shit? She like like turns to Percy like what the shit Percy Percy shrugs. Oh. <laughs> uh Well. Uh she pulls at her ears. That their ears. You feel They're them. They're yours. Their ears. You look at your eyes, there's no lenses, there's no other kind of makeup effect. When you look at the teeth, they're not caps, they're not crowns. They are growing out of your skull. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Uh, uh, like, she's pa- she's just panicked. Like, again, like, this is... Well, then I guess there are kind of two questions, which is, do you stay or do you go? Because if you stay, Teddy's going to find you. He's going to find or are you going to go and you could make an excuse about work or something? Maybe stay at a hotel. Just like get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. I was just thinking like I should go to a hotel. It's cool. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm going to do. That's what she's going to do. She's just going to like go to go to a hotel nearby. Fine. And by Great. nearby, I mean on the other side of the town. So, so Freddie's not, <laughs> or Teddy's not gonna uh, like see her car and be like weirded out. That'll be good. Yeah. You're good to go. You can go to the hotel. She's gonna Percy take Percy stay. with her. You're gonna take Percy yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, what do you do with the bloody dress from Jim's murder the night before? Uh. Uh. I put it in a garbage bag and (laughs) she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna put it in the trunk of her car. And at some point she's just gonna like put some bricks in the bag, fucking chuck it in the river. Like... (laughs) Great. We'll Calgary, say you do that right? tonight. I don't think you got to wait. You're, you're going to chuck it somewhere where it will disappear. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, into a construction site they're filling with concrete, whether it's yeah. into a river. Something that'll be a good solution to that problem. And you stay in a hotel overnight. When you, 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 you don't need to sleep. You don't feel the need. But what you do start to feel is a growing sense of hunger. You can tell that the, the energy that you reach towards to make yourself stronger, that you reach towards to heal yourself, it's depleted now. Um, not fully tapped. You're not starving, but this is a powerful hunger that is starting to grow inside you. And you can you try the vending machine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any negative effect on you, but it doesn't work. Try room service. Doesn't work. Uh, favorite foods do not work. You are in this hotel with Percy. You text Teddy a cover. He's a pretty nice guy. You've had to go away for random work stuff before. Yeah. It's it's good to be able to play that card. Um, but the challenge for you is you're you're hungry, uh, and eventually the sun rises again, and you're out. Luckily, you know to get to the bed this time. You can see that it's about an hour since sun after sunrise. Mm-hmm. The sun still burns you. You're out. You wake up. It's the next night. You are now back to yourself when you look in the mirror. 
You okay. look like you again. Cat's ear gone, cat's eyes gone, the other thing. You're fucking hungry, though. Can you roll me a rouse check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... So I'm just uh, on a hunger die? Uh, no, just regular. Die. It's only one die, so it won't, it won't matter. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right, of course. Uh, it's a success. All right, so you stay the same amount of hungry instead of getting more hungry. By the time you reach the morning again, the sun is still burning you. And you are realizing that if the sun keeps burning you, you're not going to be able to do the morning show. If you're trying to hide this. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, okay. Just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. What the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? Um, Julie wanted her for, wanted to start her right away. At 11 o'clock. Start at 11 o'clock. Yeah, that's fine. She can do it. She can do it. She calls Julie. Great. And Julie gives you the night job. It's what she wanted anyways. Hell yeah. So, eventually, your work situation has been taken care of. Your work day now falls at night, and you can believably sleep through the day, so you don't have to tell anyone about these symptoms mm-hmm. as they continue. The thing you are not finding a solution to as time goes on over the next few days is hunger. You are laying in bed, you are waking up, you are starving. You are eating more than you have ever eaten, and it is doing nothing whatsoever for you. And two nights later, you wake up to find your teeth sunk into Teddy's arm. And you are drinking blood from his arm, and it is the best fucking thing you have ever tasted in your whole goddamn life. What do you do? Howdy, I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but... It's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, well, just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? I stop as soon as I can. Great. Can you roll me a composure? And, hmm. I'll say composure and either, and probably streetwise. Streetwise would be a good one, I think. I don't got nothing in streetwise. Street, I would give you survival. I got nothing in survival. <laughs> or I would give you uh, insight. I got one in insight. There we go. Do I need to roll in a hunger die? Oh, yeah. You hungry. How many? Uh, uh, you will have uh, three points of hunger at this point. All right. So it's all hunger dice. Uh, two successes. 
Two successes. You drink a little bit. It's enough to just take what feels like a starving urge down to a smaller amount, and then you stop. And as you pull back, you can see that where your teeth have sunk into his arm, and you can see where your tongue touched, though, is fully healed. What do you do? You mean like, what do you? Like you oh, were bitten into his arm with your full top set of teeth. They yeah. all sunk in. On your, as you released, your tongue touched where your front two teeth were. Yeah, that part of his wound on his arm has healed. To the right or left, you can still see the teeth marks. Uh, this is so fucking weird. And she like licks the teeth marks. And they heal shut. The and there is no sign that fuck? you had ever bitten him. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, she just goes to the bathroom and sits on the toilet and puts her head in her hands. And this becomes your twilight existence. Fucking For great. months. Where you work at night at the station. You avoid all things daytime. And Teddy grows weaker and weaker as time goes on. You try to drink as little as you can from him. But he's just one guy. And you're not using your powers. You're stoically trying to avoid ever getting to that point of needing the ability. And the other thing that's shifted over these months is Percy. Every time you get injured around the house, Percy is all over your blood like crazy. He will dig through the trash to find, you know, a Kleenex that has your blood on it, and he will eat it. And he's just become, like, a really good dog all of a sudden. Percy will follow you anywhere. Percy reads your moods. Percy understands your commands. Percy's reaching that kind of, like, inhuman airbud level of <laughs> communication. He is a Disney children's movie dog now. But the hunger has been catching up with you. And it is very, very bad. It is too much. And you are on air at your desk describing a shortage at a blood bank, which is starting to trigger those emotions. What do you do? Uh, I, if, uh, I don't think vampires sweat, right? Nope. No. If she could sweat, she'd be like fucking drenched right now um, with just like the amount that she's, just like the stress of it all and trying to hold it in. Um, uh, and do I have a co-anchor? No, you are the solo 11 o'clock news anchor. All right. Um... Uh, and she just, she kind of pulls herself together and just kind of like interrupts what, what she's saying and said, and for anyone else who feels faint at the sight of blood, we're going to take a quick break. And, and it's just like, <laughs> they're just like forcing them to go to commercial and just like gets up and goes to the bathroom. And they cut hard to a commercial. Can you roll me a either composure for trying to keep it together or resolve for determination to not fall apart. And... Resolve, I think. And then I will say uh, survival. Again, nothing. Um, how much hunger? 
That's just all hunger, right? Uh, this would be four hunger. We're not so quite at the five two. that starts the game change <laughs> thing. It's only but... rolling two dice. Uh, no successes. No successes. You are desperately oh. trying to keep it together, but you end up drifting into a hunger frenzy. This means you need to feed at all costs. And there is someone opening the door to the bathroom right now. Julie Cross, the station manager, opens it. It's just like, hey, so that wasn't the scheduled commercial break. Like, what's going on with you? All you can see is red and all you need to do is feed. What do you do? Well, what I want to do is like push past her and just like run out. I mean, it's Julie. Yeah, but that's what that's what Evangeline <laughs> wants, but that's not the beast. We're the beast now. No. What does the beast do? No. No, I'm not the beast. I'm Evangeline. What I does mean, the beast do? Are you gonna make me do it? Yeah. Get used to it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, I just, I just reach out. I, I grab her, like, by the face, like so. My hands like covering her mouth, mm -hmm. so she doesn't scream. And then, uh, with my other hand, I just grab her by the arm and I lead her into a bathroom stall. And I lock the door. And. I, I, oh my God, this is like really horrible. And <laughs> yeah, like, I want to describe it, but sucks. I also don't want to describe it because it's like really disturbing. But okay, I well, essentially. Not you, it's the beast. I know, also, I essentially you can make just, the call on it if you're like, I'm not comfortable saying this, but it's bad. Yeah, you can just yeah, stop I mean, there. Like, yeah, I'm not going to describe option. it because it's too awful. Fade um, to black, it's bad. Uh, the yeah. one thing I would like you to do is if you can roll me a wits and awareness. Uh, for hunger, right? Yes. Oh, actually, All no. Hunger? This would be one hunger at this point. All right, so one hunger. <laughs> You've been drinking for a bit before you come to this one. <sighs> uh, one success. Oh, wait, one no, that's a seven. No, that's a one. One success. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kill Julie Cross. Oh, I'm so sorry, Julie. And you find yourself over the body, and when you look at the mirror, you say the same cat ears, cat eyes, and fangs that you've seen Shit. before. You can't go back on air. No. But Julie has no signs of injury and is just in a bathroom stall, collapsed. What you do have to do is get the fuck out of here. So you do. You make a break for it. You get out of the station. You find yourself a hotel and you hunker down in the hopes that you've got enough blood in you. You've been able to hide everything successfully so far. Maybe they'll find something weird with Julie. Maybe they'll think it was an accident. You, you know, you don't know. And then you, your face will just go back to normal and you can live. You can you know, just, just keep, keep stringing this along forever. Cause it seems like Evangeline is never like, this is going to end badly. She's just living day to day yeah. over yeah. and over again. 
which all seems incredibly viable. Until the next night, the door to your hotel room opens, and in steps a man who looks shockingly like Everett, and that we at home know is the sheriff of Calgary. Right. Tyler, you're going to be the sheriff of Calgary right now. Okay. Um, Because you got the voice anyways, baby. All right, it's that voice? Okay. Yeah. So what you know is you found the body of Jim, the camera guy. And you knew that he had died. You knew that a vampire had done it. And that's why the body disappeared. It was not a great job hiding this body. You also have been keeping an eye out for other strange reports of deaths that were unreported. And Jill Crosses came in. And the Camarilla has a standing relationship with the various coroners in Calgary that if a body shows up with no blood in it, it gets reported as a regular death. And then you do your research. And when you looked into co-workers and you looked into the situation with Jim, you could draw the comparisons. And when you pulled the th- the fingerprints from the dumpster, which Evangeline didn't wipe down, you have confirmation that Evangeline is the person who ate Jim and the person who killed Julie. The thing you don't know is why. Why did she kill Jim? Why did she kill Julie? Who made her? Why is she here? She should have reported to, to Cleopatra the moment she arrived in town if she was visiting. But when you look at the record, she's lived here forever. And she has no ties to any vampires. So this is just a big moment of trying to find out what the hell is going on for you. And you enter the room. And I close the door behind me. And I take my hat off and I just set it on a chair you know a hotel room has like the little kind of office desk it just sets sets it on the chair and then uh, pulls the chair open and sits on it so his hat's hanging off the back and he says uh, Evangeline Clark you've got a lot of explaining to do And your life depends on what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Eventually, this would happen eventually. When you look at him, the first thing you think is cop. It just screams Mm -hmm. cop. But when you look at him a little bit longer, you notice how pale he is. You notice that in this rare case, he has fangs. And he's not hiding them. He's not breathing. You don't hear a heartbeat from this guy. What? The fuck are you? Am I the first kindred you've met? Well, am I the second kindred you've ever met? The fuck is a kindred? Who? I'm going to need you to describe for me as clearly as possible the person who did this to you. The person who changed you. Bit you. The... What? The... Oh. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Um... And... 
And she's just like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't. Look, and then she just, like, go, like, she just suddenly, like, it's just, like, verbal diarrhea. Just, like, launches into, like, everything that happened. Um, because this guy seems to be, like, listening. <laughs> and she just, like, describes everything with the weird creature attacks and the thing and then the stuff in the alley. And she just, it's, like, the last, how, many, how long has it been? It's, like, four months, I right? this point it is close to five months yeah. that you've been doing this you you've been redlining for the yeah. whole time this has yeah. been so close to a crisis where you either kill teddy kill other people run into the sun and set yourself on fire yeah so at this point she's so desperate it's like it's like either this person's here to help or to put an end to her and either way it's gonna be over because this is such whole situation is untenable Ryan, what's keeping me from tying the, up this loose end, from ending her? Yes. So what is hmm. keeping you from this is the sheriff is, at his core, a decent person. Sure. To create a vampire without permission is a crime punishable by death. Okay. Unless they get permission from the ruler of the area, in this case, Cleopatra, who is still actively uh, the princess. However... Being forcefully turned into a vampire by a criminal is not necessarily in and of itself a crime. You could destroy someone for doing that, and in a lot of the harsher prince, like princedoms, for lack of a better term, that would be very common. Cleopatra is not of that same opinion. If somebody made like 45 kindred, then maybe she would have to purge that number down just to keep the city safe or to send them elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But on individual cases she'd let you make the call. Is this person a danger or are they not? The thing that stands out to you in this case is she's been a vampire for five months. She's killed exactly two people. One the night she was created and another after she finally lost control in a world with like no support, no knowledge, no understanding of her abilities or anything else. She clearly is not somebody who's going to be breaching the masquerade. She's actually better than most of the vampires you know at covering up the fact she's a vampire to begin with. Also, she's the only one who could find the person who went after her. Got it. And if you want to keep her around, you need to eliminate that guy because that's the report you want to make to Cleopatra. I have this innocent vampire here who was created by this person who is now dead. Threat resolved. This is a nice vampire. We can figure this out. Plus, she's in the media, and you guys don't have a lot of ties into the media in Calgary currently. Okay. Look, on more levels than you currently understand, the person who did this to you committed a very serious crime. And as far as my investigation can tell, you're the only one with a link to this individual. Your description, your witness, you're the key to figuring out who this person is so that I can do the rest of my job and, quite frankly, save your life. Because without finding this person who attacked you, this doesn't end well for you. 
Evangeline, this is yeah. when you remember the tattoo you got a glimpse of mm-hmm. on your attacker's Yeah, the king hand. of clubs, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, like, it was... It was so... It happened so fast. It was so dark. I mean, I think, I think it was a man. It was pretty tall, kind of broad, but... Just... The only thing I really, that really stands out is this tattoo. This, it was like the King of Clubs or something on his hand, like. And that triggers something for you, Sheriff. Awesome. You know that tattoo. And it's not a good thing. That is the tattoo of the Card family. They are a group of roaming anarchs whose goal is to overthrow the Camarilla. But what they really do is travel around maliciously creating vampires and killing under any cover they can get away with. They're not in Calgary. They travel around, which means you're not going to get permission to be able to go out and go hunt them down. But you do know one person who you would call quite regularly to send out to collect bounties on these kinds of cases. So it's time for you to introduce Evangeline Clark and Val Miller. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.